ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. So over the last couple of years, Indigenous fashion has been having a moment. But with the boom has come a conversation about whether this trend is commodifying culture, whether artists are being fairly compensated and whether big brands are the ones benefiting from aligning themselves with a movement rather than actually doing the work. I'm Tegan Taylor and this is Quick Smart, the show that feeds you big ideas in bite-sized pieces. So if I'm going to spend money, how do I know it's actually going to an Indigenous creator? And if I want to show I'm an ally, is there a way of doing it without being like a weird white saviour about it? So here I am, a white girl standing in front of an Indigenous woman asking for a gold star for doing the bare minimum. It's arts commentator and Gamilaroi woman, Rudy Bremer. Hey, Rudy. Thanks for having me, Tegan. So tell me about your experience as a shopper for black fashion. So in the last couple of years, I stepped into the role of presenting away on Radio National. So that's the Indigenous Arts and Culture Program. And when I did that, I started to think about like, I need, I actually need to invest in a black wardrobe. And so I went through this process of looking at different labels that were owned by Aboriginal people selling clothes that would kind of mark me in public <laughs> <laughs> as black because I'm, I'm fair skinned. My very first, I think it was that I knew I was getting presenter headshots. And my very first investment was to buy an outfit for those headshots. And I bought a magpie goose dress with bigger villas with echidnas on it, which like that's an animal that is special to me on Gamilaroi country. What about some of the other reasons that you're hearing of people, other people who want to engage with Indigenous fashion? Like when it comes to fashion, it's saying something about who you are. So for some of us, it's saying I'm black and I want you to know that, like, and I'm proud of it. That's beautiful. It's also, there are a lot of allies that are wanting to like, this is so corny, but wear their heart on their sleeve. They want to be able to wear something that shows their support. And in doing that, there's two different things that happens. One is that they are actually showing their support. And the other is that, like, I remember when I was a kid, like, I, I grew up in a really white area and being visibly black in that space was occasionally confronting because it opens you up to a certain kind of interaction and having more people dress in ways that show that they're allies or that they're connected to culture or whatever it is, like you feel that safety in numbers. I've got this really old shirt with the Aboriginal flag on it and I've had it for like probably 15 years and you can tell. (laughs) I also went through a phase of like trying to customize it. So like I cut the sleeves off. (laughs) It's a whole thing. But like I remember like I would wear that mostly at home and now it feels like it's something that I can wear around my hometown and not, not necessarily have to brace myself the way that I sometimes felt when I first got it. Right. Because there's, 
your people and there's also others who are like showing that solidarity, mm. that safety in numbers. Yeah. You're obviously talking to Indigenous artists a lot through Away. Is this something that is a conversation that you're having with artists about how Aboriginal art is represented in fashion? It is and because there's like there are so many different ways in which art is making its way into fashion and also the way that it kind of has been well before this this moment, this movement took place. In January, I went to an exhibition of Carla Dickens' work and I, I happened to be wearing a dress by Nali and she was, you know, she was chatting with me about it and she went, oh, you know, when I was growing up, I couldn't find anything like this, so I just used to paint onto T-shirts. <laughs> and then I also think about, like, someone like Vernon Arkey, who's who is an artist and he works in these, like, monochromatic kind of styles and it's very much, like, black background, white writing. He has a line of shirts that he doesn't consider fashion. He considers art and wearable art because it has a very particular point. And one of those shirts, I mean, I own it. I love it. Um, it says, Australia, drive it like you stole it. <laughs> and like you wear that and you are very literally saying something. And again, like his kind of thing is that this is a, it's a provocation and it's allowing you as, a, as an individual to participate in his artwork and have these conversations with people when you walk down the street. Yeah, and with the fashion, it's like there's two prongs to it, right? Like there's the art side of it, like you're saying, it's representation, it's starting conversations, and then it's also the industry, like it's a money spinner. And so I suppose with that comes like a sort of commercial sensibility that you want to be appealing to like a pretty big audience. Yeah, I mean, you like a lot of these designers and a lot of these artists are having to decide what are they going to prioritise in that sense. But I think that that's, a, that's something that happens with fashion broadly and maybe also art broadly. Like, are you looking at it from an aesthetic point of view? Are you looking at it from a message point of view? Are you looking to make money? Because I, I don't think that we can really truly divorce ourselves from the economics of art. If someone is looking to buy a dress, what kind of should go into that decision? I can mostly talk about what I do when I'm looking to buy something. I'm looking for whether the artist is acknowledged and by extension being paid. I'm looking at where and how the ma the clothes are made. And then also like price point, can I afford this? Many of like particularly streetwear, many of those designers actually go to the effort of giving you like a thing about like these are for allies these are mob only now being aware that if something says ally friendly what that means is black fellas are buying that too yeah <laughs> so that doesn't mean that you're going to necessarily be recognized as an ally like you're probably going to get the question of like oh who's your mob <laughs> <laughs> and then like if you've gone and bought a shirt from a black designer, be ready to answer that question because I'm not sure what you're doing otherwise. Yeah, so like it's sort of it's not just like a, you, if you're going to wear a symbol, you've got to sort of know how to engage with the movement behind yeah. it. 
it can be as simple as, oh, I'm an ally. Like you don't have to get kind of twisted about it. Nobody's <laughs> nobody's going to get aggro, I don't think. But like I see certain outfits in the wild and it means that I want to have a chat or like I'm at least assuming that you are someone that I can have a chat with and find community. Yeah. And but when you see big brands coming into these spaces and, and doing these collaborations, there's a cynical part of me that sees it as maybe being like greenwashing, but mm. not greenwashing. Black cladding. Black cladding. Oh, yeah. I love it. <laughs> That's a term that is growing in um, usage. And it, it basically means that like there is like a, a white brand, institution, person, whiteness at the kind of core of what is happening. And then they've kind of like put this lovely, like draped it in black design. Yeah. And then you're just like, all right. Um, I mean, you're right that there is, there, there are certainly things that I've seen where I've just been like, oh, I'm not too sure. Like I think about the artist that's gotten involved in that. And I, I don't think it's a worthwhile endeavor to kind of ignore their agency in this process. Like if they felt comfortable participating in whatever company like at the end of the day good for them right I guess what I'm saying is like trust the artist and their choice and then also think about if their choice is actually aligning with your intent as well you're also participating do you want to be buying from that big brand that has done like a one-off do you want to maybe spend more of your money, energy in an Aboriginal-owned label or one that regularly works with community or regularly works with a designer or a number of designers. If you're going to engage and and if you are worried about that, like take a step back and be a bit thoughtful about it and just sort of check in with you. (laughs) Rudy, thanks so much for joining me. Oh, Tegan, this has been a delight. I hope I haven't mucked that up. (laughs) You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.